The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. All right. So welcome to another, or I should say in this case, a special episode of Keep Leading Live. This is a special episode because the Keep Leading uh, Live stream, as well as the Keep Leading podcast, are dedicated to leadership development and insights. And so every show is surrounding that theme. Today's theme, while it will be about leadership, in fact, facilitative leadership, it will be dedicated exclusively to the International Institute for Facilitation, or INAFAC. And I am joined by the chair of INAFAC, Eileen Dows, Dr. Dows, as she's better known. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. And I, what a delight it is to be here. And you and I are both very passionate about this topic about virtual facilitation or facilitation in general. So, I can hardly wait to have this discussion. Can't wait. And so uh, what we're going to ask you to do is we talk about something very important to us today. We're both on the board of Innofact, but Dr. Douse is not just on the board. Eileen is one of the co-founders or two people that co-founded Innofact, and she is one of them, and she serves as the chair. And what we're going to talk about today is how you can become a certified virtual facilitator and why it's important, why it matters. Before we begin, go ahead, Eileen. I was just going to say, apparently it does matter, Eddie, because we began this on June the 10th, this certification on June the 10th, and now about six weeks out, we have almost 60 people certified. So this is a hot topic, and your program today is a hot topic. Well, thank you for sharing that because even I didn't know what the new number was. (laughs) So I'm already learning something. And that's saying a lot because that number matches our credential holders for both of our premier credentials almost in total in that short window. So that's good, good to know. Yeah. So we're broadcasting today on three platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And we want to encourage you to be a part of this discussion. This is not a presentation unless you don't join us, (laughs) it's going to be a discussion with you, the audience, and all those people out there around the globe who've been sending emails or calling, asking us questions. And so I decided that I said to Eileen, hey, you know what? I'm getting a lot of questions. You're getting a lot of questions. And I'm answering the same questions over and over. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a way we could talk to everybody at once? And then it it hit me. I know. (laughs) I know. Let's do a trifecta of everything. So we're doing it here on the Keep Leading Live channel. So ask your questions in the chat. 
say hello to us. Let us know you're here and let us know where you're joining us from around the world. Put your questions in the chat. Hit like if you like what we're talking about and hit the share button. You're going to want to share this so your friends can be a part of our discussion and so that even if they missed the, discuss the discussion, they will have access to the recording live immediately on their feed. Mm -hmm. We started June 10th, so that means somewhere in May, I don't remember exactly <laughs> what day, you know, I called Eileen and I said, Eileen, I got an idea. <laughs> I that said, was your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, um, I am now a certified virtual presenter, and that's different from being a certified speaking professional. Less than 17% of the speakers in the world have this credential. But just because you know how to handle a stage, it doesn't mean you know how to handle the virtual platform. Right. And so if we're doing that for speakers, I think it's even more important for facilitators. Yeah. I gave a closing keynote at uh, the National Speakers Association's Winter Conference in 2018, and I said the future of speaking is facilitation. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know how prescient that was <laughs> <laughs> because now I would say what I've said so much in our, in our speaking world is that all speakers need to be more facilitative. Mm -hmm. And now because everything's online, it's even more so important. Not only is it important from the online perspective, I believe that a lot of people are wanting that type of interaction mm -hmm. with their colleagues and with their, the people they report to. So if you don't know how to facilitate a discussion, please go out and find out how. It's really important. It's really important. Absolutely. Before we begin talking about the cert certified virtual facilitator uh, credential, it probably makes sense to talk about what is a facilitator. Mm. Yeah, let me, uh, and uh, Eddie and I have hung out um, for many years, so he'll know that I'm about to go inappropriate. And he's like, oh, dang, why do I invite this woman on my show? So I'll give you an appropriate answer and an inappropriate answer. Let me start with what could be an inappropriate answer. And I only say that because this response might not um, appeal or uh, connect with a lot of audiences. Sometimes when I'm describing what a facilitator is, I say it's like being a midwife. You didn't make the baby, but you're helping to deliver the baby, right? And some audience members are like, what? I don't get it. So another analogy I give for facilitation is it's like being a Sherpa. You are helping a group climb up the mountain right? Mm -hmm. What they see on the mountain, that's not the Sherpa's responsibility. It is the group member's responsibility for the content. The Sherpa is responsible for getting there safely. The midwife is responsible for helping to deliver that baby safely. What happens after that journey up the mountain or after that baby's delivered, that's up to the parents. That's up to the mountain climbers. And that's really what a facilitator does. They are the the person that uh, deals with the group dynamics and deals with the process that's going to be used and all the different tools and techniques or do you put them in breakout rooms do you put them in an activity what do you do that's mm -hmm. what facilitators do wonderful and 
in effect, happens to offer the highest credential in the facilitation industry. What's it called? It, it, that we do, and it's the Certified Master Facilitator. And what we found is there are some different certifications out there, and there are some facilitators who do a great job. And then there are some meetings with different participants that the volume is turned up a little bit. The, the dynamics that I was talking about, the dynamics are a little bit more challenging. Um, the the types of topics that need to be dealt with can be a little bit more challenging. And so it's those certified master facilitator who not only has experience, but I often say have more tools in their toolbox to help that group achieve that end result that they want to achieve. Excellent. And so to come up with the uh, certification for the certified master facilitator, this wasn't something that was just thrown together. What did you do in terms of competencies when you created that? Great question. Thank you. And uh, maybe I'll just begin by saying INAFAC is a certifying body only. We are not a membership organization. And there is a huge benefit to having membership organizations out there and that Mm -hmm. network and camaraderie. INAFAC only certifies. And so when we looked at, okay, what does it take to be a great facilitator. The academic in me was like, well, we have to do research. So we went out and we certified people who hire facilitators, people who are facilitators, people who attend meetings. And we said, what works for you? And we took all of that information. And from that information, we came up with six competencies. Uh, Presence. Can you assess the group for what they need? Can you communicate with the group? Can you control the dynamics and the frustrations and the anger and the the people who are perhaps just wanting to talk to speak and uh, just uh, wanting lots of attention? Um, And can you do that consistently? And then the last one is, can you evaluate the whole process? Can you learn from your experience and be better tomorrow than you were yesterday? Excellent. So six key competencies and 30 total sub-competencies all said. So I ask about the certified master facilitator, because when I came to you and said, I have this great idea, here's a certification we should (laughs) offer that meets the needs right now of facilitators around the world. I said, here you go, Eileen. Here's here's (laughs) what I think we should do. And I want people to know that what in effect is certifying people on today looks nothing like what I brought in. (laughs) Because you took it and you added the in effect qualifications for a certified master facilitator. You Mm. took those key competencies we use for that premier credential and you use that to build out the certified virtual facilitator credential. Yeah. You know what, Eddie, you know, I'm a camper and it only takes a little batch to start a big bonfire. So I think you started a bonfire. And the reason why I say that bonfire is what we wanted was something, um, simple. And I was Uh going to say easy, but it's not easy. It's something that's simple and something that's quick and something that's um, all inclusive. Now that those are pretty high standards to set. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I am really proud of this because we achieve that every time I do an assessment and and I don't prompt the, the candidate at the end, they say, I can't believe how much you covered in 30 minutes. And that's what it is. It's a 30 minute interview. That's all it is. I sit down or there's a group of assessors. Mm-hmm. The assessor sits down with you for 30 minutes and you have a conversation and we pick your brain. We pick your brain about all kinds of things. 
So I would love to hear in the chat box if anybody wants to know what some of those, you know, brain picking things might be. Yes, I'm going to share that in just a hot second. But first, let me show I got ahead of myself. This is the credential that you end up with. This is the medallion, the certified virtual facilitator, specifically an NFAC certified virtual facilitator. And why an NFAC certified virtual facilitator? For the reasons we just explained. Mm -hmm. An NFAC certified virtual facilitator has mastered specific competencies that are considered the highest in the industry. You receive this medallion and a wonderful certificate to put on your wall from Dr. Eileen Douse. And the executive director. And our amazing executive director. Yes, Cameron Whitehead. Absolutely. But we'll have more right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. Hi, this is Dr. Steven Stein, psychologist and founder of MHS Assessments, and you're listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner. The other thing I want to talk about in terms of our, our certification is I'm getting a lot of questions directly. And one of the big ones has been, who should pursue Hmm. the CVF? Who's it for? Wow. Great question. Uh, I, you know, the, the flippant answer is, well, anybody and, and in a way it is anybody we've had some business leaders who say, you know what, I'm really interested in this. I want to be a certified virtual facilitator, even though they're a manager. In this case, this person was a VP. We've had a lot of internal and external facilitators. We've had speakers. Um, basically, it is this credential is for anyone who wants to get some peer review on themselves and who conduct virtual meetings. This is not, can you get on a camera and and look okay and turn on the right buttons? This is actually, can you facilitate? So some of those questions that we ask are things like, how do you move from one agenda item to another? And there are some techniques uh, to do that. Yeah. And then if you if the person says what's an agenda, then we know we're in trouble, right? <laughs> it's amazing how many people still don't use agendas. They invite you to a meeting and you're just supposed to show up. We hit the start button on the Zoom session and here we go. No, what is the order of events? Yeah. Or as we say in mathematics, the order of operations. <laughs> right, that's right. And you know, the other thing going? is we often will say, uh, some people go, oh my God, the facilitator's coming on. We got to do those stupid ground rules or whatever. And yes. and there's been a bit of a change to virtual etiquette. And now people have gotten very jazzy and we now call that virtual netiquette, mm-hmm. right? And, and no matter what you want to call it, it's still framing up the conversation. So in a way, we do that all the time. We frame up conversations. Hey, Eddie, could I just talk to you for five minutes? Mm -hmm. Or could I talk to you at six o'clock for five minutes? So we frame up conversations. Why the heck don't we do that for meetings? Why the heck don't we start and say, the purpose of this call is to X. And if we could get done five minutes early, then all of us can go run off, get a bio break before we have to jump on to another meeting. And we want you to understand uh, at all levels, no matter who you are, 
How are you uh, operating on different platforms? Because certain yeah. skills transfer over nicely from one platform to the other. And there are others that are very platform specific. Oh, yeah. uh, a certified virtual facilitator uh, typically has mastery of two or more platforms to achieve the credential. That's correct. That's correct. I and think, obviously, you know, Zoom is bubbling up to the top yeah. for for ease. Uh, not only ease for the participant because it's becoming so common, there are some nice features like breakout rooms that facilitators are really liking. Yes, indeed. And then speakers have asked me, I'm a part of a lot of organizations, I guess, but <laughs> uh, my primary organizations, of course, are my, my coaching career. We've got the International Coaching Federation. Right. And uh, the National Speakers Association, where I hold my speaking credentials. And so some of the speakers have said, do I need that? Mm -hmm. And I've said, yes. My whole premise in 2018 when I gave that speech was speakers should be more facilitative. Mm -hmm. And certainly now all the more so because speakers are not getting on stages. They are having to work within this little box. Or should I look at my camera up here? I said, look at it too. Yeah. But we're having to work that. So how do you work that effectively? How do you yeah. do the engagement differently than what we do in the big grand ballrooms? Yeah. So uh, to right. your point, I think everyone uh, can benefit from having facilitative skills and by demonstrating that competency. And during this downturn, for many people, they're finding that an extra credential doesn't hurt. Yeah. And you know what? Let's um, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly here. We mm -hmm. have had some people that have not passed the CVF. And it's one case, the person had logged on, and after five minutes, they said, peace out. I just realized wow. I, I need to do some more thinking. And it was, you know, it was like, you know what, you're right. So, mm -hmm. and then came back and they knocked it out of the park. Um, another person came close to passing and, and didn't. And within a week, went, went back, did a little bit more studying, came back again knocked it out of the park. So the reason why I'm telling you this story is not because it's particularly difficult if you know the information. And we mm -hmm. try to make it very conversational and not nerve wracking and oh my goodness. You, if, you, if you do this and you do it right, then it's really, really simple. And you have this lovely conversation and you share what you know. And then you are able to tell folks, I have been, I've had a peer review and mm -hmm. I can do this. Yeah. In fact, uh, while I ask you this next question, I'm going to put this up so folks can see this. Cool. If you are interested in seeing what we're talking about, head on over to ineffect.org. You can see the website URL at the top of this image and you click on the button that says CVF. And then you will get all the details, mm -hmm. uh, how long it takes, 30 minutes, what exactly this is and what it costs. Mm -hmm. So what a individual who achieves this can say, if you are an employee, you're not looking to be a, a paid facilitator as an independent one, but you can say inside your organization, here's the competency I have. Of course, mm -hmm. if you're independent, you can say this to your clients. Yeah. Now, Eileen, I notice here that we're only charging $88 for this credential. Mm -hmm. Why are we only charging $88 for this credential? Yeah. What were we thinking? What were we thinking? Because we're not making any money if we charge that amount. Well, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking that this is really valuable and let's do this at cost and get the word out there. That well, actually, we're not doing it at cost, right? Well, <laughs> 
Well, just about at cost. I mean, when you think about we're, we're it, kind of, I, we're kind of we're kind of losing a little bit of this, but we're doing oh, it. Yeah, we're doing it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, just barely doing it. Um, and partially the reason why we're just barely doing it is because folks like you, Eddie, and me are volunteering our time yes. and saying we we believe in this. We yes. we we want people. We want to share the knowledge. We want to share the love and the credential. So get out there and do it. And what we've said is, you know what? By December thirty first, holidays are over. Well, then we're we will be up in the price at that point. Yes. And even at that price, it's, that's more of our break even, right? Exactly. We're, for what that's we're doing. True. You're right. And you talked about the process. So people are going through this 30 minute process, mm -hmm. which is very reasonable. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about what they are learning through the process of going through this. Yeah. What's been perhaps for you? Because I, I, I found that by doing these, I'm learning. You yeah. know, and I thought I knew this stuff really, really well. I'm like nobody's going to show me anything that I haven't seen. I've heard of all the platforms. I've used them. But I'm finding there's some platforms out there, and some have come online because of this that I have never heard of. Yeah. Uh, what What are you learning? Um, I'm learning how excited people are about fast.com. One of the things we check on for the certification is we check your bandwidth and your latency. And sometimes people don't know about that. So we give a little tutorial in the in the middle of the assessment. And people love this the the website to check how their internet is. And mm -hmm. we have a standard that you need to meet in order to, to conduct virtual sessions. Um, some of the things that I'm learning about is one very sad thing I learned was that I have a bit of a jealous streak because someone in San Francisco had their bandwidth was one gigabyte. And I was like drooling on the camera. I'm like, oh, my God. And he said to me, Eileen, I pay for this one gigabyte. And it was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know you could do that work. And I get some of that. Um, and then the other thing I learned partially from you, Eddie, and then partially from another candidate was this whole idea of it's important to have different camera angles. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like the old days of, of television where it was one camera, one angle. That's what's starting to happen in virtual. You need to have multiple cameras. So because of that, I went out and got myself a document to camera, which is think of the old overhead projectors. So you can change cameras and you can do some writing. And, and people like that because we, we are getting exhausted by constantly you know, looking at a screen all day. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting when you talk about fast.com, how we arrived at that, because when we showed this to the rest of the board, everybody yeah. had their favorite testing yeah. site for speed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just, we just settled on fast. We say, Hey, this is better. This yeah. is, and yeah, we didn't, just, we didn't disagree with the other sites, but this was better. Now yeah. this became very important because I did a very high level program uh, where I was the guest and the bandwidth came to a crawl and mm -hmm. It, it was not pretty. We got through it and it was still a success, but my, how much better it would have been had the individuals known that here's a couple little small things you can do to test this connection beforehand. Or, hey, if it's high stakes, don't run it on wireless. Yeah. Hey, there's something called Ethernet. Well, what is it? So we go through that when we're assessing people yeah. and we talk about redundancy and we get into what that looks like, what it means. Mm -hmm. And uh, candidates are learning from that. And then we get into engagement strategies. What's been your favorite engagement strategy? Ooh, ooh. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it, 
probably like the, some of the engagement strategies are like the same ones. Well, we can engage people with the chat box. We can engage people with breakout rooms. But how these people are using those different tools are really exciting. Like, um, and I may be saying things that everyone knows, but who knows? Like chat bombs, right? So you get everybody to put in their answer and then one, two, three, push, enter and send. And it's like, wow, we have all these answers. And it just adds a little bit of thrill. Um, I just heard uh, last week, someone suggested doing a scavenger hunt because it's about getting people up out of their chairs. And sometimes we think, well, you're in a virtual meeting, you got to sit down, you've got to do this, you've got to be serious. It's all changing. We've got kids running through the rooms. We've got, you know, cats on the desk. And and we need to figure out the balance of all of that. But how can we make this a little bit more enjoyable and more human? Yes, absolutely. So we've been getting uh, new strategies. And I thought we were pretty good. We've got a lot of documented <laughs> strategies. I mean, our, our board, individually and our board collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got some serious strategies, but I think all of us are, are learning something new as we go through this process as well. Yeah. So um, can I add one more? This please. one is kind of cool. And I haven't ever heard this one before. Um, and it's all about getting you to use upper body, right? Because we're just sitting here. So this one is use your arm as a, like a dashboard. Mm -hmm. So we're so common we're doing, or so often we're doing this, hey, thumbs up, we agree. Well, this says if it's flat line, you don't agree. And then if you go up or where are you in the dashboard? So it's just getting people to move a little bit in their chair and circulate some blood, and maybe get some blood going to their head. To yes. Think more. Yes. No. Yeah. I, I remember that one. And then we had, uh, well, we, we, we can go through a whole lot of them. If we give too many, then we're giving away, we're giving away the exam, but, uh, good. So that's one or two. If you want to use it for your exam, you, you got go. one or two. <laughs> and if you're really hungry, get talking in that chat box and we'll answer more. So here's the other thing that comes up, Eileen. So people have said, okay, I'm interested in getting the certification. Great. I'm going to go to interfact.org. I'm going to click on CVF and I'm going to cert get certified. But what if I need training? Do you yeah. offer training? I'm, I am sorry to say we, we do not. And we are very specific at Anifact to say we are a certifying body. Now, there are lots of different sources out there for training. And Eddie, you and I have you know, talked about this. And it's like yeah. you could get so overwhelmed. It's like, bah! and quite honestly, I find that just talk to some of your colleagues. And, you know, Eddie and I will, will carry on conversations or I'll talk to someone else and pass this information on to him and vice versa. So share the knowledge with uh, colleagues. And sometimes colleagues will say, oh, I found this great site. And it just seems to help the, the absolute barrage of information coming to us on the how-to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good. So I'm enjoying this conversation with the co-founder and current chair of Innofact, uh, the International Institute for Facilitation, where we offer the highest credential in the facilitation industry. If you are enjoying this conversation, hit the like button. Let us know that you like what you're hearing. Let us know you're here by saying hello in the chat. Tell us who you are, where you're from. What question do you have about facilitation or the certified virtual facilitation credential or anything? <laughs> we're, we're coaches. We'll, we'll answer any question yeah, you have. There you go. We, but, you know, uh, you know what, Eddie, you were talking about how we're getting lots of questions. Yes. And and one of the questions that I get a lot about is the, how do you appear on the screen? 
mm-hmm. because you only get your little box, right? Yeah. So for those who are presenters, it's how do you work the room. For mm-hmm. those who are facilitators, same kind of thing. But it's how do you look on the screen? And I would like to propose that we just have a little conversation about that. Things like lighting, because you've got the the circle lamp, you've got the softbox lamp, you've got you know, not to sit in front of a, a window. Those are those are some of the, the things around lighting. What have you found? Oh, well, uh, one of the biggest, pain, most painful lessons I learned is not to have a window open behind me. I yeah. did that one time for an interview. But yes, lighting. And then if you wear glasses like you and I, uh, yeah. the type of light you want. The ring light is not our friend. So soft yeah. boxes are your best lighting. Um, right. Where you want it, whether you want one, uh, box set up or you want to set up. So we, we talk about that and we ask people to explain that in their certification. Mm-hmm. We talk about the uh, process in terms of selecting uh, the platform you're going to use, selecting the tools you're going to use. You talked about mm-hmm. using the, uh, I want to say overhead earlier, the document camera earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love uh, being able to use the iPad and to be able yeah. to log into a session and then instead of well. using a whiteboard, uh, yeah. being able to use an iPad and engage the visual learner, yeah, the kinesthetic absolutely. learner by simply uh, the, the process of using that. Yeah. One of the things that um, I'm finding that a lot of people not, aren't necessarily aware of is that your screen is divided. You have to imagine your screen is divided horizontally in thirds and vertically in thirds. Oh, sorry. You were asking me about the yeah. screen piece. I apologize. Yeah. I no, went away no from worries. that. That's okay. That's a good coach. I just brought you back on topic. Um, and the, the goal is to be in that middle third. Um, and I've had people, even on the assessments or right. even in conversations, it's it's almost like they're using their body, which is great, but they get really close and then they get far away. And right. almost to the point where you can get nauseous of what's going on. That, or I have people who are sitting very high and then they're looking down at you or the camera is so up and you can tell if they should have their nose hairs trimmed. So it's really <laughs> important about staying in that middle third. Yes, it is. And you come close when you want to make a point, when you want to to lean in, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, There was something I was going to tell you. Oh, my friend, Dr. John Molidor, he's a neuroscience, neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. He would say that everybody should be, if I remember correctly, we should always be to the audience's right. So I should be more further left. So so everybody has a different thought Uh, behind that. You're right. You're right. But I do like center third is, is usually a good rule. I'm with you. You would drive me crazy if you were just off balance. (laughs) But that's me. That's me. The other thing is just around distractions too, right? We've had people with, not not only in this assessment, just talking to colleagues, the the ceiling fan is going around. Um, And, you know, again, anyone who gets seasick, I'm like, oh, get me the Dramamine. So you have to watch out for those things. Yes. And then it shows up in terms of sound, which is another thing that we talk about, the importance of having the proper microphone. And then if you're using a microphone, what you should be aware of between the difference in the microphone and the headset, where the audio is going, where it's coming from and how you separate the two channels and why you do that. So we get really specific uh, when we get into this uh, assessment. And have you noticed that uh, those people who are understanding all of this, oh, I need a better camera. Oh, I need a better microphone. Sadly, I want to say to them, good luck trying to find one because yes. it's like the market yes. has been glutted right now. Yes. Uh, and and everyone thinks, oh, the microphone on my laptop is fine. Yeah, kind of, sort of it is. 
it's better to have an external mic in our minds anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what did I miss? Did I leave anything out? I think I tried to ask you all the questions that I have been receiving. Is there anything you've been receiving that I missed? Um, anything I've been receiving? No. I, there are a couple things that I'd like to bring up for folks that I think would be beneficial to them. Okay. Would that Go work? for it. Um, one thing that I believe people forget about is those terrible, horrible, awful moments when your internet crashes, your electricity goes out, or if you're using Zoom or your platform fails. So we we have conversations about what are your backup plans? What do you do with those in those oh my word moments? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're if you're facilitating a meeting, you have to have a backup plan. Even if it's a your backup plan's a backup person, that's mm-hmm. fine too. You got to have a backup plan. Yeah, that's that redundancy we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, an uninterrupted power supply goes a long way. Ooh, a- yeah. Angie's chiming in. Angie says she uses a wireless Bose earbuds, uh, wireless Bose uh, earbuds, and the sound is so much better than using wired buds or the laptop. Thank you for chiming in. Yeah, thanks, Angie. And you know what? On the on the receiving end, I've heard that those are pretty good. I've heard that those are pretty good, and I've also heard that Apple now has. Um, noise canceling earbuds that I, I need to go check with my bank first if I can afford them. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I do think that they work just as well. And sometimes they're not as clunky. I was talking to someone the other day, a psychologist who said there is something mentally um, disarming when you wear the earbuds. If you have the headset, you kind of look more formal or, you know, whatever. So um, thank you for your point, Angie, because I think that is spot on. Thank you, Angie. Yeah, Yeah, indeed. In fact, uh, the audience who watches me every week will probably notice that I shift between using these and my Apple earbuds. Because I want a certain look, I don't like to wear the headset. I use these when I'm doing the podcast behind the scenes because I separate the audio from the uh, my voice from the audio I'm hearing so that we have a clean track. But uh, I have found when I do these live episodes, for some reason, both of the times I use Apple earbuds, uh, the audio was horrible because it was not using my main microphone. And so it it didn't make those episodes as good. So I just said, I'm going to stick with these for now. But yes, we'll even notice that the newscasters when we're watching television, they're all using the Apple earbuds. Yeah. So it is a thing. It is yeah. an official thing. Another right. way that Apple is taking over our lives. Yeah. Okay, Angie, you're on next on this show. You do the show. You know. You know. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that I think people really forget, and and we talked about moving the body with different activities, is how do you get people engaged? And and a large portion of that is your own energy. Right. Yes. So sure, there's the use the chat. Sure, there's the put people into breakout rooms and have discussion. But just be so conscious of your own presence. And and when a when a facilitator, a presenter, comes up at a high level, the group will be a little bit lower. So if that facilitator presenter is coming in at a medium level, your group is going to be at a low level. Um, yes. So you really have to be on. And more and more, I'm hearing how how many facilitators who are doing this virtually are exhausted, more exhausted at the end of a virtual session. Yeah. You've got to bring it. You've got to bring it. 
Hey, sure someone you assessed has joined us, Iris Lopez. She says, well, I'm Eileen. Iris. Hi, Iris. The certification experience was awesome with Eileen. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Oh, how about that? She's joining us from Puerto Rico, and she okay. was one of our town development leaders there who ran the ATD chapter for Puerto Rico. And uh, she was also a guest on this show a couple of weeks ago. So Great. thank you for chiming in, Iris. And Iris, if you could chime in some more, if you have any takeaways that that you found from this assessment, I had shared some of the things that people had had noticed along the way. But if you have a specific, you know, ah, oh, this is something I learned or something I didn't realize I knew, we would love to hear from you or anybody on this call. Yeah. So we're headed toward the wrap up. So if you've got uh, any questions, this is your mm -hmm. chance to jump in with the final questions. And uh, if you haven't hit share yet, hit share, please, so that your friends can get the answers to these questions. We hope to see you going to the interfact.org website and taking advantage of getting your medallion to become a certified virtual facilitator and having your certificate that you're able to share with your friends. So head on over there, check it out. And uh, we hope to be sitting in front of you assessing you really soon. And with that assessing, please know we also laugh. I mean, this is we this is not a scary thing. I promise you, we we view this as colleague to colleague, and really just um, just sharing information and and setting that standard. Yeah, no, we're not scary. <laughs> yeah, we really are. I mean, people are nervous. I get that. But you know what? We just relax them and share. Stories. Although true confession, I'll tell people that when I went for my <laughs> first Interfact certification, Eileen Douse did fail me. <laughs> and look, look at us. And like, baby, look at us now. Who is this Eileen Douse person? Doesn't she know I'm the best facilitator there is? Yeah, and she well, shot me down. <laughs> and, and baby, look at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> oh, gosh. So she's not scary, but she is tough. I will tell I, you. you. You know what? I'm not going to argue with you on that. And probably either will my children. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and you know what? You're right. You're, let's, you know, kidding around. In fact, does set a standard. I mean, we are not just saying, you know, we're not throwing out credentials all over the place. We do have a standard. Yes, and definitely. not everyone passes the CVF. Um, and, and people come back and say, you know what I learned? Not everyone passes the CMF. You aren't the only one, um, Eddie, you know, and you've come back. So the, it's about raising that standard. Yes. Raising the bar and keeping it high. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, Eileen, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on the show today at the last minute to talk about this because we talked about this on Sunday and then I was like, you know, I got to I got to do this. And even yesterday I had some more stuff come in. So, oh, before we part, uh, Iris is saying here. Ah. Uh -huh. Yes, for me, it was a tremendous insight just being in the process. That's what I was saying earlier, right? Yeah. I became more aware of things that I already knew, but during the assessment, Eileen just helped me figure out how important they are. Mm. Wow, what a testimony. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for sharing that testimonial, Iris. Love All right. It. So any parting words before we leave? Um, you know, what? I think it was Henry Ford whether said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And 
And, you know, that's kind of how it is with all this certification. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So go ahead and try. And um, we really do believe that at these kind of peer reviews based on um, researched uh, survey checks and balances of what the credentials are, these are very important skills that you need to have. And I've even had people say, wow, this has helped me in my marriage. This has helped me in my dating life. Facilitation, like you said, Eddie, is the way of the future. We have got to know how to engage and interact with people better. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in. This has been a special edition of the Keep Leading Podcast and Keep Leading Live. And this will live on the NFAC.org website for you to reference and get answers to the questions about how you can become a certified virtual facilitator. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember, no matter what you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.